0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. I'm 51 years old, and he has been so good to me, unbelievably good to me, from birth. And I always knew I had him right right by my side, yearly, I've always known I've had him right by my side, and I ran into some problems when I was around 40, a lot of surgeries, pain pills, alcohol, but um, I woke up one morning on my birthday two years ago, and I woke up a changed man, and I don't know how, to but it's scary, it's awesome, and I just want to say I love you too, love y'all's program, let's do it all the time. And uh, you keep a smile on your face. Thank you and thank Jesus. I love you all. You're listening to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. If you've been touched in a special way over the years, we'd love to hear your story. And right now we have a special testimony line set up to capture your own words. Simply call us at 1-300-133-589. That's 1-300-133-589 call today. We live in a time when information is literally at your fingertips through the click of a mouse or a swipe on your smartphone, yet the question must be asked, how much of that information is truth? Today, Dr. Yusuf begins a look at the book of Jude, revealing the source of real truth in a world where truth varies according to who you're talking to and the agenda at hand. Listen along with me as Dr. Michael Yusuf begins a brand new Leading the Way.
1: Randy Evans is a member of our church here, and he's not only a distinguished lawyer, he is a newspaper columnist. He writes a weekly column in the papers, and uh, I seldom really miss reading his column. In his column, entitled, Symptoms of Bigger Problems. Randy laments the rash of suicide in this most prosperous country on the face of the earth. He indicates that there are 33,000 people of all ages take their own life every year in this great country. Randy's conclusion is what really struck a chord with me. And he basically said, I'll put it in my own words, he said, "As these people feel that the foundation under them is crumbling, they lose hope for the future. As they feel the foundation under them is crumbling, they lose hope for the future. And if there is one thing that I am sure of is the fact that the foundation is crumbling under our feet." The foundation that was built on the truth of the Word of God is systematically being dismantled. And that is why I'm calling this series of messages, Truth, the Most Endangered Species. We all have been seeing of late how government leaders and politicians and mainstream media, how their disregard for the truth that's causing our society literally to lose its mooring. But this near extinction of the truth in our society did not start with the government. It started with the church. And it's no use pointing fingers. The fingers need to be pointed at us. For I have said this, and I will say it till the day I die. As goes the church, so goes society. As goes the pulpit, so goes the culture. For over 50 or more years ago, mainline Christian denominations began to depart, wholesale departure from biblical truth, and society has followed. Then today, this destruction of biblical truth, which started in the mainline liberal denominations, is now invading what is so-called evangelical churches, the word evangelical just uh, now came to mean anything and everything that I hardly call myself an evangelical anymore. But this molestation of the truth is no longer over there in the liberal land. It's right there in the evangelical churches. It's in our midst. The so-called emerging church, which is attracting hordes of young people. They are on a mission to blur the truth. They are on a mission to to undermine the truth. They are on a mission to muddy the truth. They are on a mission to eclipse the truth. I want you to hear me right on this because the subtle deception of the modern called Christian evangelical writers in misleading young people into thinking that if we're going to reach the postmodern culture of today, we not only should speak the language, but we should ape them. But... In the process, what they do, they're adapting the Christian faith to culture instead of calling culture to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The one passion they have is they want to be accepted by society. And that's a danger for all of us. The moment you set your sights on being accepted, on being liked by the world, and by accepted by society, that's where danger is. The idea that the Christian message should be kept pliable, ambiguous, is a very popular one, particularly among young people, which it breaks my heart. Because by nature, we all love the spirit of the age. We all love to live worldly lives. Sadly, I get to see genuine Christians who get caught in these falsehoods, and they are Devastated. I meet them on the other side of the devastation. And I say genuine believers because, listen to me, not everybody who goes to church is a genuine believer. Not every pastor who stands in the pulpit is a genuine believer in the truth of Jesus Christ. And the Bible warns us about the wolves in sheep's clothing. And that is why there is a warning that comes to us from the epistle of Jude, and it is extremely relevant to our culture. Jude, the brother, half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, wrote only one epistle, this one chapter. The epistle of Jude is all about the truth of our faith, and the vital importance for genuine believers to contend for that truth. Contending for the truth is the key word in that whole chapter. You remember Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, "Is it what is truth?" And Jesus, of course, saw in that question his dismissive attitude so he would not answer the question. And yet Jesus again and again confirmed to the disciples, what is the truth? He told them over and over the importance of knowing the truth, of believing the truth. Why? Listen to me, because truth impacts every thought that we have. Truth colors every belief that we hold dear. Truth surrounds every relationship that we get into. Truth frames every fact in life. Truth guides every thought that we have. No wonder when the truth rug has been pulled from under us, we become bereft of freedom. Make no mistake about it. I did not come into this conclusion overnight. The truth and freedom are inextricably linked. You cannot have one without the other. So what is the truth? According to the word of God, truth is God's self-revelation. Truth is everything that to do with God. With the mind of God, and with the will of God, and with the character of God. And that is why God is the original author of the truth. He is the source of all truth. He is the decider of the standards of the truth. He is the final judge of expression of the truth. And that is why the Old Testament speaks of God as the God of all truth. Not just a little bit of it, all of it. Jesus, who is the full revelation of God the Father, said, I am the truth. Jesus and Jesus alone is the truth incarnate. Jesus alone is the perfect expression of God's truth. Jesus alone is God's self-revealing of the truth. The Christian faith does not just contain some truth... And then the other religions contain other truths. And when all the religions get together and hold hand and sing Kumbaya, we have all the truth. (laughs) See, that's what some evangelicals are teaching. And that is modern day idolatry. Jesus is the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. There is no truth apart from him. There is no truth besides Him. There is no truth equal to Him. There is no truth that exists away from Him. And no wonder the main characteristics of the postmodern culture, which many a church are emulating today, the main characteristic is the rejection of any expression of certainty of the truth. In other words, they say, there are many truths... There are as many truths as there are people. Really? To speak of the truth with certainty and confidence, they say, is the height of arrogance. (laughs) To them, the truth is subjective, not objective. But the ultimate purpose, they say, of this type of new Christianity is to eliminate guilt. I got news for them. Nothing can eliminate guilt except the blood of Jesus Christ. But listen, it's the same devil for 2,000 years of Christian history been at work. It's the same devil. It doesn't matter how he appears in what culture and what time of history. And Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There can be no freedom from sin and guilt apart from Jesus, who is the truth. There can be no freedom from self-doubt and self-loathing apart from Jesus, who is the truth. There can be no freedom from fear and anxiety and worry apart from Jesus, who is the truth. There can be no freedom from the performance trap. Apart from Jesus, who is the truth, there can be no freedom from hatred and bitterness and anger apart from Jesus, who is the truth. There can be no freedom from pride and failure apart from Jesus, who is the truth. And yet, contending for the truth of our faith is not really unique to our generation. This warning that we'll be looking at from the epistle of Jude It's not unique to our culture. It's not unique to our time. This exaltation is not new. From the very early days of the church, the devil has been orchestrating an assault on the truth. He really has. In fact, just about all the epistles have been written to combat a variety of forces of deception. But I want you to remember this. The Church of Jesus Christ, faithful Church of Jesus Christ, never got destroyed from outside attack. Outside attack on the Church of Jesus Christ causes it to be strong, it strengthens it. It is the attack from the inside that weakens the church. And so the devil works over time in trying to destroy the Church of Jesus Christ from the inside, always tries to do an inside job) And that is why he brings wolves. Have you ever seen a wolf? (laughs) Wolves, they come into the church, they look like sheep. I mean, they speak like sheep. They act like sheep, and they dress like sheep, and they do a number on the real sheep. And the problem is, listen to me, the problem is this inside job would not have lasted in many a church If they were alert, if the sheep is discerning, those of us who have lived long enough, have seen churches and Christian institutions, educational institutions, that were strong, spiritually strong, biblically vibrant, they were active. Now they have become spiritually dead. And you say, why? What happened? Ah, Some wolves have slipped in, and they did an inside job while non-discerning sheep sitting there. I said, oh, we've got to be nice. Not to the devil I want. I promise you. Beloved, if I've built any level of trust with you, and it would be this, that I sought with all my heart never to tolerate wolves once we discover their true nature. Our stewardship demands it. And that is why Jude tells us, he tells us that we must be contenders for the truth of the faith. And Peter tells us to be on our guard, spiritually speaking, all the time. To be spiritually sober, to be spiritually alert. So that we may not get snookered by those sheep like wolves. Judas was... A disciple of Jesus is one of the twelve nonetheless. He was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Jesus knew it. Even the other disciples may have had their doubt, but Jesus knew it. He had the light of Christ, but he never received the life that only Christ gives. He was a taster of the truth, but he never swallowed it. You know how they do it in in wine tasting? Now, I'm not an expert in that subject, but I I know how it works. You know, they take a sip, and they run it around in their mouth, and they, they spit it out. There are some people who hear the truth, and then they walk outside the church and spit it out. Never ingest it. They're just tasters of the truth. They're not swallowers of the truth. And Judas was a taster, not a swallower. And because their nature never changed, because the very core of the Christian faith is that when you come to Christ in repentance and faith, the Holy Spirit comes in you and changes your nature and gives you a divine nature to make you alert and aware and you know right from wrong. But those people who are wolves looking like sheep, their heart never been regenerated. And so many of the so-called evangelical preachers and authors and speakers, they are misleading millions of people by their subtle denial of the truth. And so I know there's a question on the part of some of you probably saying, well, can they deceive a true believer into losing his or her salvation? And the answer, unequivocally, no. Jesus said, those whom the Father has given me, I'll lose none. In fact, that is why Jude begins his one chapter and ends in that one chapter, that epistle, by the security of the believer. He begins talking about the eternal security of the believers in Christ, and then he concludes his epistle by reminding us that the God is the one who's able to keep the believers from falling. Amen. Ah, but the devil, who appears like an angel of light infiltrates the church. His foot soldiers, when they infiltrate the church, they can cause the real sheep a great deal of pain and grief and horror and a confusion. Someone said that the epistle of Jude has been relevant for 2,000 years, but it is particularly relevant in these end times. The church started with the Acts of the Apostles, and from everything I read in the Epistles is going to end with the Acts of the Apostates. In fact, the Apostle Paul agrees with that in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. He said, in the latter times, some will abandon the faith. You say, you already just told us that you can't lose your salvation, oh yes, because you see, these look-alike sheep, when they abandon the faith. People are going to be discouraged. But you see, they will never sheep to begin with. Their nature has never been changed to begin with. I want you to hear me right. The epistle of Jude is an alarm bell to all believers who are living in these end times. May everyone, at the sound of my voice, take heed now probably some of you are saying, well, Michael, do you have to really be a stickler for accuracy in every area of biblical truth? <laughs> you already got the answer. <laughs> Let me actually give you an answer from a great guy, Don Shuler, the former coach of Miami Dolphin. Don Shuler was being interviewed by a reporter. And here's what he said. He said, we never let an error go unchallenged, for uncorrected errors multiply. How many of us know that that is absolutely true in our lives? And the reporter replied, he said, isn't there a benefit of overlooking a small flaw? And Sheila said, what is a small flaw? What is a small flaw? I love it how many of us see the small flaws in our lives and we wink at them. And as Shula said, they never stay small. They multiply. But that's where it starts with each one of us. But you know, from the human point of view, I really understand this. I really do. From the human point of view, we don't want to go into the trouble of confrontation. So we just keep our mouths shut. But as Shula said, uncorrected errors multiply. I can tell you with all truthfulness that when my kids were growing up, it was hard. It was difficult to continuously confront them always. There are many times when I just wanted to give up. It's too much work. I know that. I do get tired of confrontation or small flaws in the church. But believe me, we cannot afford to let up on the smallest of flaws to the truth because they will multiply. Correcting errors, cleansing sin in our life, and cleansing sin in the church, dealing with the truth is always painful. But the health of the body is dependent on it. Our stewardship demands it. But we all have to begin in our own hearts. Then lovingly can look at somebody else and point to their error and say, I love you enough to confront you. I love you enough to tell you that you're an error. I love you enough to let you know that errors... Have a way of multiplying. Father, you're an incredibly gracious, patient God. You're a merciful God. You're a gracious God. And yet, Lord, you're going to hold us accountable for every idle word the scripture tells us. Every idle word. Lord, I know I've spoken so many idle words, but I know your word said we're going to be held accountable. May everyone at the sound of my voice beginning with your servant become as of this day contenders for the truth not to let our emotions and our feelings run amok but to ask the question is it biblical truth? Lord I would do that in my own life and everyone in their own life and, and do it as a body because Father we know so many people praying for revival, but we know revival is really not, not going to come to people who are living in a compromised life. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit that you will visit each one of us afresh today.
0: You're listening to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth across six continents for more than 30 years. Take a moment today to visit our website. Click on the connect button at the top of the page to subscribe to free resources, podcasts and download apps for your mobile device. ltw.org connect. ltw.org connect. Hey, Dr. Yusuf has written a brand new book to challenge us to pursue godliness in our world. I'm sure you've seen how the culture has become increasingly resistant to Christians and Christian values in recent years, all due to a shift away from absolute truth, biblical truth, that is, and a reliance and emphasis on feelings rather than facts. This societal shift is confronted in Dr. Yusuf's newest book, Hope for This Present Crisis. In it, you'll be given seven practical steps you can take to bring hope into this crazy world. Right now, hope for this present crisis can be yours from leading the way. Learn more at ltw.org, ltw.org. And of course, you can call a ministry representative at any time at 1-300-133-589, one 133 589 and, of course, you can reach out to Dr Yusuf through the post at Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales, 2751. Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales, 2751. And so our time together has come to a close for today. Thank you for joining with us. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr Michael Youssef.